Good morning, everyone. My name is James Chen, one of the elders at the CCC. To every brother and sisters, I'd like to say Merry Christmas. Also, welcome back, college students. A week ago, one of my U.S. colleagues visited our Beijing office. This was uh, his first trip in China. So he told me that the Christmas atmosphere in China is much more than in the U.S. Because when he landed in the airport, he saw Christmas tree. When he checked in the hotel, he saw Christmas tree in the lobby. When he walked in the office, he saw Christmas tree, and he walked out to the shopping mall, he saw Christmas tree again. Um, but I told him, majority of Chinese people don't really understand the true meaning of Christmas. <clears throat> However, Christmas does represent a very great opportunity for a lot of Chinese to know about Jesus for their first time. Two months ago, Jim Judy and um, several others visited the Chongyi Church in Hangzhou. And they start the preparation for Christmas service because they're expecting 20,000 non-believers will join their Christmas service on Christmas Day. Uh, so for us Christians here at the CCC, we know that the true meaning of Christmas is way beyond celebration, beyond receiving and giving gifts. Today, I would like to share, follow Jesus as my Christmas message to you. Um, let's look at the uh, book of John, chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made him dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this passage clearly tells us one aspect of the true meaning of Christmas is that God became flesh so he can live among us and uh, we can see his glory and also we can show his glory to the world. During uh, Jesus' uh, three and a half year ministry on earth, he had many followers, for example, 12 disciples. However, at least at five occasions, people are seriously challenged when they were making decision whether or not they should follow Jesus. First, Jesus' own brother, including James, didn't believe, didn't follow uh, Jesus because they don't believe he's son of the God. Second, many followers left Jesus when they heard Jesus' teaching about you can truly eat my flesh and drink my blood so I can remain in you, so you can remain in me and I can uh, remain in you. And they left because they complained this teaching is too hard to accept. Third, one teacher of the law, he wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus told him, fox of, a fox have holes and the birds have nests, but some of men don't have place to sleep. I guess uh, this love te uh, teacher of the law uh, uh, left because he realized sacrifice is 
too much for him to take. In four occasions, Jesus told one fellow, one follower, that follow me. You don't need to go back to bury your father. Uh, let the dead, the, the dead bury the dead. So that means um, when we follow Jesus, we need to respond to his calling immediately. We cannot wait. And the fifth occasion is about a young rich man when he heard Jesus ask him to sell everything he has, and he left with sadness. So today I'm going to spend uh, most of my time um, studying Jesus' teaching to this young rich man. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 18. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. It is obvious when this young man talked to Jesus, he didn't rise, he didn't realize he's talking to God because he's calling Jesus good teacher. Instead of uh, answering his question about the eternal life, Jesus actually asked a more fundamental question. Who am I? Who is Jesus? So when we follow Jesus, this is also the very first question to all of us. Who Jesus is? Many of us, very similar to this young man, we like Jesus, we think he's good, but are we truly believe he is the creator of this universe, this world, and also he's controlling every aspect of our life. So in 2004, when I was already 42 years old, the first time I joined, I came to church, that's CCC. I started learning everything against I was taught for 42 years, which is there is no God, Jesus is just a historical figure. So after a year or two of going to CCC, I still could not feel Jesus at a personal level. One day when I play golf with Tom Lauder, who is our founding pastor, I asked him, Tom, why I cannot feel Jesus? I thought he will give a half hour lecture, we should stop playing golf, but actually he only gave me a few words. James, you should experience God more. Follow his advice, I start paying more attention to my experience with God versus the head knowledge about the Bible. So today I'd like to recommend a book called Experiencing God, written by Henry Blackaby. Actually, in our Sunday morning men's group, we studied this group, uh, this book. I bought a Kindle book. Also, I bought an audio book. I downloaded it to my cell phone. I listened it twice. I think uh, this can be your second Christmas gift last week. Greg recommended the first Christmas gift to you. That is the movie of, uh, uh, called Christmas Carol. 
and experiencing God, I think it can be your second uh, Christmas gift. If you download the audio uh, book, you can listen while you're traveling uh, during the Christmas uh, holiday. In this book, uh, Harry lists the seven realities of experiencing God. Can we see that uh, diagram? Yes. I will quickly go through them. First, notice God is actively working around us. Second, God is pursuing love relationship with us. Actually, this is very encouraging to all of us. We thought we are actively seeking relationship from our side. But actually, God pursued relationship in the first time, the first place. This is the, first, this is the same reason we have Christmas. God sent his son to us so we can be saved. <clears throat> I will give you an example to explain this point. For those of us who have children, I mean, three to five years old, when we take them to uh, Disneyland or very busy shopping mall or uh, ski resorts, we will tell them, in case we are separate, you stand here waiting for dad and mom to find you. Don't run around to try to find us, right? So for those obedient kids, find them is very easy. But for those smart kids, when they wait there for a couple minutes, they start panicking, they start running around trying to find their parents. Now finding each other become more difficult. So I think it's very encouraging to understand this second step, God is pursuing a relationship with us. The third step is God invites us to join his work. Fourth step is God speaks to us. Many of us, including myself, always complain, I cannot hear God's voice. The answer is, when God speaks to you, you know this is God. <laughs> There's no uh, better answer. <clears throat> Fifth step is uh, many times we are reluctant to be involved. So we will have crisis of belief. Even though God speaks to you directly, you can hear, you, will, you know it is God's voice, but you still wanted to resist. So that becomes our um, fifth step. Sixth step is uh, we need to make significant changes in action and the faith. And the step, uh, seventh step is um, we obey and experience God. At the same time, God's work has been done. So when you listen to those seven steps of experiencing God, how do you feel? Is this different from your own steps of uh, experiencing God? At least to me, first time I saw those seven realities, I noticed the difference. So I'd like to share with you my steps of experiencing God. I will use last month as example. Our IE had a stroke and was in critical condition. We prayed, and um, so I tried to feel, God, are you the healer? Are you controlling everything on this earth? Are you controlling IE's uh, life or death. Last week, our dog died. This is not the dog I, I, I show you uh, always uh, 
don't want to let that bone go. Uh, that's Sis's uh, uh, buddy called the Biscuit, and uh, she died. She uh, was uh, 14 years old. Uh, we had uh, one week a very good uh, experience with uh, with uh, Biscuit. So of course we prayed, and uh, uh, my experience with God question is uh, God. What do you want to teach me in this process in the last week with Biscuit? Then, of course, the last week, many days I cannot sleep. I prayed and I asked God, God, do you know I need sleep so I can function during the day? So you can see the difference between my question of experiencing God versus these seven steps of uh, experiencing God is that I focus on me and these seven steps focus on God. I would say this is the biggest uh, difference. I'm not saying we should not experiencing God in our daily life or on our personal life, but I will share with you when you join God's work, you can experience in God more. So this is my biggest learning from this book. We can experience God more in doing God's work. And when we experience God more, we know on a personal level that who Jesus is. So the first point today I'd like to share with you um, is that to follow Jesus, we should know he is the one and only at the personal level. So you will ask, uh, okay, the first reality of that uh, experiencing God is uh, God is actively working around us. Where? My answer to you is here, now. At this moment, we need more volunteers. Um, I don't know if we have a Sunday school today. No, sorry. So next Sunday school. Next Sunday school, we need more volunteers downstairs. Also, John just uh, uh, shared with us, we have many ministries taking place at the CCC. We have a Fish Star program, we have a BSF program, we have a um, <clears throat> Family Life program, we have a mission trip to Pakistan, we have a mission trip during summer um, to South Africa. We also need uh, your financial support. So I think starting next year, we will let those uh, leaders of those missions share with you what they are doing, what you can help. So you will know God is actively working around you. When you hear God's calling, you can decide whether you want to be involved or not. So let's come back to Luke chapter 18. After Jesus teach this young man, no one is good except God alone. This young man told Jesus, he has been doing all good things since his childhood. Those go, uh, all good things are according to the Ten Commandments. You can tell this young man feels very good about himself, right? Actually, he should. His moral standard is very high. He's, he's been doing all good things, not just for a month or two, since very young. 
And、uh, he's an official, which means he has power. He's rich, which means he has money. And he's young, which means he has time. Yang is a is a great asset. Actually, in China,、uh, we still remember Chairman Mao told us the world beyond the,、uh, belongs to the youth. So above everything he achieved and he possessed, he also cared about the eternal life. That's why he came to Jesus, asked this question: How can I have an eternal life? So I will think he's almost perfect. So what does Jesus think? Let's come to those two verses. <clears throat> When Jesus heard this, he said to him, "You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me." Jesus knows this young man better than he knows himself, because Jesus can see through our hearts. After hearing this requirement of selling everything, this young man left with great sadness. Why he feel sad? Why didn't he feel angry? Why he didn't feel confused? Because he know. He could not give away his wealth, and he realized he's not as good he real、uh, he thought. And probably he feel helpless because this is something actually he cannot make up to. So the question today to ourselves is, what is your one thing still lacking? In other words, what is the one thing you feel is too important? To give up, to follow Jesus. What is the one thing you feel you still have some control on your life? What is the one thing which will reduce your dependence on God? Money certainly represents value of today's world. That's why so many people believe money can buy everything. In Chinese, we have saying which can be translated as. If you have money, you can drive ghosts to work for you. We know Jesus can drive out ghosts out of a, a human body, and also, Bible describes money as the second master, the master of the darkness. So certainly, money is powerful, but、uh, to other people or in other situation. Money might not be your most important thing. The most important thing to you might be your health, your reputation, and your family. For example,、uh, to our son Chris, money is not as important as、uh, his Xbox. <laughs> I also share with you、uh, another story about Chris. In 2008. We have a Wenchuan earthquakes. So, Joanne,、um, my wife, asked the kids,、um, "Do you want to donate to tickets so some volunteers can fly from Beijing to Sichuan to join the rescue program?" And、uh, Chris said yes. And Joanne asked、uh, him how much he wanted to donate. 
Chris said, uh, Chris actually asked, Mom, how much money I have? And uh, Joanne said, you have 7,000 RMB. Chris said, I want to donate it all. Well, this is a little bit of a surprise to my wife. And uh, she probably is only expecting, Chris will say, I donated 200 kwai or 300 kwai. But Chris said, I wanted to donate it all. Why Chris can have uh, such a courageous and faithful action? I talked to Chris yesterday. He shared with me. So we agree. The reason is, at that time, Chris is only eight years old. He didn't have very strong sense of ownership of this money. He know that it is the parents who take care of his daily needs, not the money. So that's why he can say, I want to donate it all. <clears throat> so this is exactly why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, I'll tell you truth, unless you change and become like little children, you never enter the kingdom of heaven. So my second point to share with you today is that to follow Jesus, we need to continue confess. I still lack one thing. I still lack one thing. For the same principle, Jesus also teaches us, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Let's come back to the story about this uh, rich young man. When Jesus asked the young man to sell everything, he asked him to sell immediately. If Jesus just teach him on an intellectual level the concept of uh, the earthly wealth versus uh, heavenly wealth, what do you think this young man will respond? Will he left with sadness? So faith is not just a knowledge. Faith can only be demonstrated by action. Faith can only grow through trials and action. In James chapter 2, the Bible gave uh, two examples of how faith and action work together. The first example is about Abraham sacrificing Isaac. The second example is uh, about prostitute Raham took a risk to hide those two Israel spies. Then James conclude on verse 22. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. Seven years ago, I got baptized at the CCC by Rick Lehman. Rick asked me that three typical questions. My answers are yes. Now I try to imagine, if he asked me this question, James, are you willing to sell everything today, then follow Jesus? I don't know. My answer would be yes or no on that day. Because at that time, I only understand Jesus a little bit. I feel I was a little broken because I was a sinner. And I had a small faith. 
It seems to me transformation didn't happen over the night. During the preparation of uh, this talk, I look back seven years. I cannot, uh, I can't say a big change does happen on myself. So this big change or this big step is a result of numerous small steps, which takes courage to put into action. I'll give you a few examples. This summer, um, CCC had a trip to South Africa. Uh, my son and I uh, joined the trip. In the beginning, I didn't want to go because I had my own plan. I wanted to go to Augusta. I don't know if some of us know that place because I love golf and I, I told myself uh, at least uh, in my life I need to go there once and uh, this is uh, my plan for 2014. So I put a little bit of courage into the action. I choose to go to South Africa to have a mission trip. Later, I also joined Jim and Judy go to Little Rock to have a family life conference. So this is one of uh, many small steps in my seven-year big step. Speaking of uh, experiencing God while we're working with God, I can share you one small story happened in South Africa. Of course, uh, God taught us a lot about <clears throat> uh, um, you know, who he is uh, when we're doing short mission trip. But this is just uh, a very uh, small story. One midnight, it was windy and very cold. At the, about 2 a.m., I woke up. I, all of a sudden, I realized I still have that air purification machine in my office. That is the air purification machine sent by one of the agencies uh, with my business <clears throat> as a gift to me. They gave me all the justification that I should keep it. Um, even though I thought it's a little bit too expensive to be treated as a normal gift, but somehow I convinced myself I can keep it as long as I use it in the office. I think uh, sometimes uh, it's a surprise how smart we are. We can find all kinds of excuses to justify things we you know been doing on a daily basis. Thanks for the Holy Spirit. In South Africa, in the 2 a.m., he reminded me, James, you need to return it. <clears throat> I get, uh, grew up in an environment that I need to be very diligent and thrifty. To save water, every Sunday I will go to Westlake to wash clothes for my mother. I don't know if uh, we know Westlake. I'm from Hangzhou, so there's a beautiful lake <clears throat> to save water. When I went to California to have a graduate study, all the money I had was $40. My food budget, monthly food budget, during two years of graduate study is $50 per month. Not long ago, I think maybe four or five years ago, Every Monday evening, when I, before I went to BSF, I will buy Subway. I always buy the special. But I don't like Monday special because this is a tuna sandwich. 
<clears throat> Why I always buy the same sandwich which I didn't like because I wanted to save few RMB. So that's who I am. To make large amount of donation to number of ministry are not easy action for me to take. But this is one of many steps of my seven year big step of following Jesus. Speaking of what I learned from donation or offering, I also can share this with you. Every Sunday when the offering purse passed around, Joanne and I didn't put any cash into that purse except once or twice. So one day I asked Joanne, should we share with our children? We actually send a check to BEE every month. What is my motivation? I have to be honest. I think my motivation is we want to feel good in terms of we're doing offering. Also, we want our children feel proud of their parents in terms of the way they're doing offering. Thanks for the Holy Spirit, we didn't tell them until recently. They asked us. <laughs> they asked us. Everybody's doing offering. Are you guys doing offering? We said, yes, we did. We did. We, we've been doing offering. <clears throat> so, you guys know I love golf. Between God's work and the golf, gradually I choose God's work. So that's also one of the many steps of my seven years, the big steps of following Jesus. <clears throat> so now we come to the third point to share with you. To follow Jesus, we need a courageous action to grow our faith. What the courageous action mean? This means we need to challenge our limit. Please allow me to use the offering as an example. If today you put a X dollar amount into the purse and you feel nothing because it's, you're so used to it, can you challenge yourself next Sunday? You put an extra money into the offering. So now uh, our family, our offering is a anywhere from 15 to 20 times more than 10 years ago. That's the time Joanne and I start coming to the church. That doesn't mean we do big offering today. That actually pointed out at least two things. Our beginning offering is very small. But we are willing to challenge ourselves to increase our offering over the time. <clears throat> Um, Rick Warren, the author of uh, Purpose Life, uh, Purpose Driven Life, has increased his offering by 1% every year, starting the year he got married. Now he is married for 40 years, so I can assume his offering is about 50% of his income. So that's what I mean by taking the courage to challenge yourself because uh, each step, you challenge yourself, you will feel a little bit of pain, a little bit uncomfortable, 
and needed your little bit of courage. But once you put it into the action, you will feel you have more freedom. You will have a more sense of obedience to law. So that is the process uh, today I'm sharing with you in terms of uh, taking courageous action. So, so far, <clears throat> the message I gave to you are very serious, right? You will say, hey, too heavy for Christmas holiday. So at the end, i like to conclude this talk in a positive tone. In our journey of following Jesus, what are the benefits? So let's come back to Luke chapter 18. So after rich man left and uh, Jesus' comment, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through eye of needle than a rich man to get into the kingdom of God. Then Peter said, Jesus, we left all, so we, have to, we had to follow you. Then Luke chapter 18, verse 29 and 30 tells us this. I tell you the truth. Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brother for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So what the the phrase receive many times exactly mean? Does that mean if you sacrifice your house for God's work, eventually you can get the hundred house back? No. Again, Jesus' value system is about the spiritual life, is about the intangible benefits. We can understand in this way, and I think you can understand maybe in different way. By my understanding is, if we give up a house for God's work, <clears throat> our family will be blessed with more healthy marriage and a strong relationship with our kids. In addition to rewards on earth or in this age, Jesus also promised we will have treasure in heaven. So that comes to my last point. Following Jesus, we will receive rewards in many times. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, Thank you for your teaching of the true meaning of Christmas. We cannot thank you enough that you sent Jesus to save us and to live among us so we can follow him to see your glory. We pray that you will grow our faith and you will empower us to live out faith. So many more of our friends can see your glory through us. For next week, many of us will travel. We pray that you will keep our steps safe and light. You will bless the time 
we will spend with our families and the friends. And uh, you will shine in your light through our fellowship. At the end, we pray that you will give us a wonderful Christmas for this year. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.